It's a letter. Who dropped it? I... I don't know. What's the matter with you? You're white as a sheet. This letter was written to the hawk. One of those men is the hawk. Let me see it. Well? Uh, there's no way of telling. Of course not. No one's ever seen his face, but he's worth killing the whole West. What are we going to do, Stan? Nothing. We've got to. The hearty cry of Hyo Silver has echoed through the years from the wild and untamed West of yesterday. It has acted as a symbol of courage to the oppressed, a challenge to the lawless. Let us return to the West of old and thrill to another of the Lone Ranger's stories, featuring the most picturesque and colorful character ever to ride the plains and prairies. Welcome to The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger lives by a code of conduct. This conduct consists of two major parts, the Lone Ranger Creed and a set of guidelines. One of the Lone Ranger's creeds is that God put the firewood there, but that every man must gather and light it himself. The Lone Ranger is part of the Life Podcast Network. Our goal is to keep adding shows to our network that bring you good, family-friendly content. If you're interested in becoming involved with our podcast network, please go to lifepodcast.net and click on the Contact Us page. We're also working on a monthly live broadcast designed to connect Lone Ranger enthusiasts. Sign up at our Facebook page to keep up to date. And now, let's listen to another great tale of The Lone Ranger. In the early days of the western United States, outlaws roamed the frontier. And it was not until the masked rider of the plains started his great fight for justice that the honest settlers found peace and security in their new homes. The Lone Ranger's strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness blazed the trail for law and order and finally made possible the winning of the West. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come Silver! Tunnel's waiting on the trail ahead! We've got to hurry! Hello, Silver! Hurry! of Sunset Ridge, the range country stretched for miles. To the west was Nugget Valley, rich in gold and silver. On the crest of the ridge was Sunset House, owned and run by Stanford Moore, where cattlemen and miners met every night. By sunrise, they were usually gone, and Diana Moore, dressed for an early morning ride, was surprised to hear voices in the gambling room as she descended to the first floor. Curiosity made her open the door, and there she saw her father behind the roulette wheel. Four men faced him. Oh. Don't go, Diana. I want you to meet some newcomers to Sunset House. My daughter, gentlemen. Well. Glory of the morning sunrise. Oh, thank you. His name is Mike Riley, Diana. He came in here this evening with $10, and he's run it up to 10000 My congratulations. The luck of the Irish, miss. 
But you can rest assured your father will get it all back before I leave this part of the country. Uh, Jim Tolliver, Diana. He's from Texas, and he's bought the bar aim spread. Howdy. How do you do, sir? Uh, Brent Hayden. Uh, he's bought the Golden Lady Mine. The Golden Lady? Well, that's worth a fortune. <laughs> It'll have to be worth two fortunes for me to make any money on it. Well, I must say that you've been dealing with men of means this evening, Father. <laughs> ah, that's what we are. Though... My means are a little recent. Well, you can't include me. My means have disappeared. Very oh, tomorrow, Diana. I, I'm sorry if you've lost. The last hundred, Miss Diana. Your father promised us one more turn of the wheel, and it goes on 17. Perhaps you'll bring me luck. And if I don't? <laughs> then I'll ask Hayden for a job. Well, how can you work in the hole in the ground when there's a broad range on the other side of the ridge? Why don't you follow my example? Win or lose, I'm asking Tolliver for a job. If you mean it, you're on... I uh, notice your guns are strapped low. Yours are, too. I might point out that all of you gentlemen follow the same style. Now, brace your bets. Do you know anything about money, Eric? No. Then why do you want to work for me? Well, I'd like to learn. Uh, it's a deal. Uh-uh. Only if number 17 loses. There she goes. Father, do you have enough money to cover? The double zero, gentlemen. Nice hole for you, boy. Well, clean the board. Uh, you can cash these in. Diana, the money's in the drawer. Will you pay them off? Of course. If I'd only known he was your father, Miss Diana, I'd never have bet against him. That wouldn't have been a favor. But I'm glad for one thing. At least I'll have money to bring me back here again. There it is, Mr. Riley. Your chips, Mr. Tolliver. Uh, here you are. I wish I had the Irishman's gift to gab. I'm not sold, Miss Diana, but I don't appreciate a pretty face. Thank you, sir. Mr. Hayden? No chips this morning, but I'll have better luck the next time. You'll come again? You can depend on it. Well, Eric? I'm riding with you. Goodbye, Miss Diana. Maybe a long time, but I'll be back, too. You're always welcome, whether you care to gamble or not. Well, thanks. <laughs> We're out of this, Tulliver. Too old. I never knew you to count yourself out of anything. What's that? You heard me, Brent. Uh-huh. It was so long ago, I figured you'd forgotten. Nice for you if I had. I'm not worried. Come on, Mark. See you later, miss. And you and Tolliver met before, Hayden. It's all right. If we got anything to settle between us, it won't be here. Ready, Eric? All set. Goodbye, Miss Diana. Goodbye, Eric. Oh, I hated that. Promised me I'd never have to come into this room again. Well, there were only four of them. Using me as bait. You were smart, Diana. And it won't hurt you to give my customers a smile now and then. I noticed it comes sort of easy for Eric. I felt sorry for him. He'd lost every penny. He's young and... Good look. This is no place for him. Hmm. Uh, between the two of them, I'll put my money on Mike. What's that? What's what? That paper on the floor. Maybe one of them used it to figure out a system. It's a letter. Dropped it. I... I don't know. What's the matter with you? You're white as a sheet. This letter was written to the hawk. One of those men is the hawk. Let me see it. Well? Uh, there's no way of telling. Of course not. No one's ever seen his face, but he's worth killing the whole West. What are we going to do, Stan? Nothing. We've got to. He'll come back here and clean us out. You won't even stop at murder, you know that. I'm tearing this up. Wait. Forget that you found this. Forget that you ever read it. When you're dealing with a hawk, the less you know, the better. But which one of them? Uh, there's no way of telling. They're all new here. They all wear their guns strapped low. You'll have to be careful, that's all. 
And as for you... What? Don't open your mouth. If you do... You can't threaten me. No? And a name can't make me afraid. If I can help capture the hawk, I will. All right, my lady, go ahead. But just remember that I warned you. The hawk's a tough customer. A very tough customer. When it comes to the showdown, don't expect me to back you up. You'll be playing a lone hand. It was two weeks later that Diana was riding along the trail that followed the crest of the ridge. Suddenly she reined up. An Indian mounted on a paint horse had broken over the core a cover of the trees and galloped toward her. An Indian? I don't have my gun. Hi! Friendly, thank goodness. What do you want? Uh, Tonto, bring you this. Tonto? Here. A silver bullet. Ah. You brought it from him. This means he got the message I sent to the Padre. That's right. And he's camped near here? Not far. Can you take me to him? Him not want you go to camp. That may be put you in danger. I feel safe now that the Lone Ranger's around. You not tell anybody him here? I understand. Where him find men you write about? Brent Hayden and Eric Morrow at the Golden Lady Mine. That's in Nugget Valley to the west. You'll find Tolliver, Mike Riley at the Barium Ranch. Ah. They come to the Sunset House a lot, though. Especially Eric and Mike. I could point them out to you there. There's a balcony runs around the house. I'll make it a point to be waiting on the south side between, well, between 11 o'clock and midnight tonight. You tell the masked man that if he wants to see me, I'll be waiting there. Ah, uh, time to do it. Get him up, Scout. Adios. I've noticed the balcony, Tonto. From there, she could let us into one of the second floor rooms. Then there must be some way to get a look at the gambling room. Maybe so. But first, I want to find out what's going on at the mine and the ranch. Where'd you start? The mine. Here, Silver. Here, Scout. We'll start for Nugget Valley now. We ought to reach it just after dark. That's good time. Even if Morrow and Hayden plan to visit Sunset House tonight, they wouldn't go until later. Ah. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. Get dark quick down here in the valley. Yes, we wouldn't be able to see the trail at all if it weren't for the moon. They're cabin up ahead. And that must be the mine beyond them. Ah. That's strange, Toto. Them used blasting powder. It's so late. Today's work should be over. We ride on? We'll get as close as we can without being seen. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. You take six minutes, get around, see if you can find anybody in the woods. Right away. The rest of you get back to your grub. There's nothing we can do about clearing out the tunnel until tomorrow. Brent, I, I'd like to talk to you for a minute. What about it? Explosion. Oh, come on in. You got any idea who set the party? Well, uh, I'm just remembering something. How do they? Well, this was a week ago. I can't forget how you and Tolliver looked at each other that night up at Sunset House. A man would think there was some kind of feud between you. A man wouldn't be far wrong. Oh, I don't aim to mix into anything that's none of my business. No reason but... why you shouldn't know about it. Ten years ago, Tolliver and me was uh, sort of long-distance partners in the cattle business. He'd buy cattle in the panhandle and have a trail to Seymour City. That's where my office was. I'd sell it and we'd split the profits. You didn't call yourself Hayden, then? I've used a lot of names in my time. Just let that go. Sure, sure. Well, what happened between you and Tolliver? Well, once I had 3,000 head in my hands. 1,000 belonged to me alone. The other two was mine and Tolliver's. 
They'd feel a break in the market coming, so I sold my own beef first. I was right about the break. Got next to nothing for the rest. You can't blame Tolliver for not liking it. I didn't blame him. It was business, that's all. Not in my kind of business. <laughs> You're the young, sad kid. Maybe your ideas will change when you grow older. Maybe. Maybe not. Anyway, if I was Tolliver, I'd try to get even. I kept out of his way. Up until now, you mean? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't forget a deal like that, no matter how long it was. Are you suggesting that... If they... I had some tough hombres working for me, including a gunman called Mike Riley, I'd figure out some way to use their talons. Did you see any cowboys around here this afternoon? Not a one. Then what makes you think that... I'm not thinking at all, Brent. That's your job. One man could have set that putt in. Just wait till dark, use a long fuse. He could have been on his way up the ridge before the blast. Up the ridge and down the other side, unless he uh, stopped at the Sunset House to say hello to Miss Diana. Yeah. He won't get away with it. Maybe he thinks I'm going soft just because I bought a mind that started being respectable. You'll learn different. Oh. I figure you're just as handy with your guns as Mike. You can have as many of the boys as you want to. Take him over to the bar and shoot the place up a little. Then drive off enough stairs to pay for the damage they did here. No, thanks. Yella? You don't mean that, or I'd prove you were wrong. Well, what's the idea? You're working for me, are you? Not on that job. I'd say the score was even. Why not let it stay that way? I don't like things to stay even. Well, that's your business. But you told me too much about it. All right. I'll send Blackie. Go on talking. Not about that, though. Huh? Give me some orders about clearing out the tunnel. What's good into you? I think somebody's been outside listening. Seems to me I saw a face at that open window a minute ago. Go ahead, talk. Right now, about tomorrow. We can't go on with the work until the tunnel's cleared and timbered fresh. Go on. I'm going to work my way to the door. That means we'll have to put some of the boys to cutting down some trees. Like you can take charge of Go on. Anybody out there? There was. I'm just looking at the tracks. That's easy enough to tell. All the boys in camp were hobnails. These marks were made by... Yeah. A cow hand. Maybe Riley. They're heading for the woods. Let's get after them. Not too late for that. Look. A white horse and a page. Straight up the trail. Open fire. They're out of range. That's all right. Blackie and the boys rode that way. They'll stop them. Riley and his sidekick won't get out of this alive. Down trail, Kimasabi. Into the trees, Taro. And see us. Faster, Silver. Faster. Fire, Silver. Fire. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Next time on The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. Not the truth, I'm sure of it. Will you help us? I'll do anything you say. Do you still have that bullet I sent you? Of course, I wouldn't part with it for the world. And I'll give you another one. Here. Well, thank you, but what do you want me to do with it? The hawk once said the bullet hadn't been made to kill him. Not even Silver Bullet or Lone Ranger. The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger is part of the Life Podcast Network a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Some of the audio for this podcast was provided by the archive.org online database.